Welcome to another Restoration Church Life podcast, where we seek to inform and inspire you towards making disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ. This podcast is brought to you by Jesus Christ, the Passover Lamb. Right, David Kim? Amen. You're going to learn from him. Said it. This podcast is brought to you by the Passover Lamb, Jesus the Christ, who laid his life down that we might go through those baptismal waters of the Red Sea and on and eventually to the promised land as we wander here in the wilderness. So this podcast is brought to you by him. And so here we are. We're in another conversation. Let me read you a verse. And this, I'm going to read this verse to you guys. And I'm, this is going to explain the conversation we're about to have. Here it is. Jude 3. Jude doesn't have any chapters. So it's just verses. Ready? Jude 3. Beloved... Although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you. Why? To contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So we're talking today about that. We're talking about contending for the faith that was once for all uh, handed down to the saints. And uh, we're talking about difficult conversations, right? It's hard to contend for the faith which is why we use that word contend. It's hard. And so uh, we're going to have a conversation with some folks you listeners know. Uh, I have in front of me the one, the only, David Kim, graduate of Cornell University, (laughs) college athlete. Do y'all know, do you listeners know that David Kim was an athlete? Did you know when you're watching the Olympics, David can explain all of the pole vault stuff to you? Welcome, David. Thank you for that <laughs> generous uh, introduction. Yes. <laughs> All right. And uh, that other voice that you hear back there is the always joyful Maddie Byer. Maddie, good to have you. Welcome, Maddie. Thank you for having me. Yes. So uh, I've chosen these two guys because they sat through a little training we did called Dabic. And one of the reasons, not only because they sat through it, you guys have had some difficult conversations over the past few months, haven't you? So I just want to let you guys talk to our dozens of listeners so that you can help them think about contending for the faith, in particular with uh, difficult conversations, because it's hard to contend for the faith. And uh, so I want you guys to inform and inspire our 14 listeners to contend for the faith. All right. So let's ask this question first. What is it that makes difficult conversations difficult why are they so hard like what's going on with them david maddie who wants to jump in on that one first first? yes go i can can go first yeah Yeah. (laughs) um you know i think i think for me personally um you know i think i think i've always struggled uh with the fear of man um i think when i jump into these kinds of conversations I know that in kind of the day and age that we live in, uh, pointing out people's sins are not going to go over well. Especially when you're Um, a sinner. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that's like, that's the thing about like, I think the world, when they look at Christians, um, that's one of the troubles that we have, right? They, They think that Christians think of ourselves as being perfect and having it all together. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that we don't. And I think, um, I think for me, like having these conversations, it always requires, uh, some table setting. And one is mentioning, of course, that we are broken. Mm -hmm. And when I say we, I mean like you, me, like 
like Nathan, Joey, right, right, right. Um, we're, we're broken and sinful people. And, and so uh, I think starting the conversation off of that basis kind of, kind of like, you know, gets rid of like any of the... Self-righteousness. Yeah, self-righteousness, yeah. like, um, bro, you're a sinner, like... Yeah, yeah, I'm like, better than you. Yeah, exactly. So let, me, let me fix you. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, you know, we... That's kind of one of the biggest things for me is just this fear of man and, and, and their their judgment of me. I think the other thing is that chances are you're going to be having these conversations with friends and family mm-hmm. and yeah. and that's going to hurt. Like that's because that, that's getting to a personal level. And, and these are people that you're going to be meeting up with over Thanksgiving and Christmas. They're going to be fully they're not going away. Time with, yeah, they're not going they're not away. not coworkers. Right? You take a different <laughs> job, right? And then they peace yeah. out. So it's I think there's an element of just this fear that you're going to be spending time with them extensively in the future and you don't want you don't want to create an awkward situation but um yeah so i think that's kind of at least for me one of the driving factors at, at what makes these conversations so difficult to have yeah fear of man and the kind of ongoing relationship that you have with certain friends and family maddie anything to add there any new things or want to double click on any of those yes First to double click on friends and family, specifically because those seem to be the people I care most yes. about what they think of me. Yeah. And so like kind that specific fear of yep. man of, wow, I really care how these people view me and I want them to see me as somebody who really cares for them and is always right. right. And it's like, yes. well, that can't, yeah. that's not true. Right. So, And then the other yeah. thing that I've been thinking about this for a while is just that I find that difficult conversations for me are most difficult (laughs) when I am caught on my heels. So when I'm not the one initiating, but somebody like asks me a question and I'm not prepared or when these conversations kind of come out out of the blue and I'm just, I haven't been thinking intentionally about this person and having conversations with them. And so I'm like caught on my heels and surprised. And that makes it really difficult because it feels like I'm just scrambling yeah. for answers. Yeah. And what happens if you don't have the answer to one of their questions? Why is it your? Why is it it's difficult? What is it about not having an answer that makes it more difficult? I think it's difficult because we have the word, and so for most questions, there's a source to your answer. Yeah. So, so not knowing that is hard. But then at the same time, it's like there's so much freedom in saying, "No, it's okay that I don't know that, but I can seek out an answer for you." Right. Uh, right. I don't like being seen right. as somebody who doesn't know things. Yes. <laughs> so well, there's a bit good. of like pride in there at the root. Of, yeah. Yeah. Not knowing. Yeah. I think well, it's also like you're like you want to set the table as best as you can. Um, but keep going. Yeah. Yeah. You want to set the table as best as you can, but it's, it's tough because when you're caught on your heels, like you're, you're kind of, you're caught in a moment of like, you're scrambling. You're like, okay, where in the Bible do I go to? And, and, and like, so I feel like for me, I do best when I, I'm prepared to go into those conversations. (laughs) If I'm not prepared, I'm gonna be scrambling, fumbling on my over my words, I'm, and and most of my answers are gonna be, you know what? I don't know, yeah. and it's kind of embarrassed. Like for me, I I should I, know I the answer to that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, they're like, they came yeah. to me obviously because yeah. they think that I have some sort of answer right. to this. Right. Yeah, but I don't, and yeah. and or I, I do. It's just hard to like think of it on the spot. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and you want to be like knowing that these conversations don't happen all that often sometimes with specific friends or family members and so it's like oh this is the one chance i have yeah. of putting too much pressure on that yeah. one situation yeah, that makes it really yep. hard yeah. like, it's never gonna come again <laughs> this is the only time <laughs> and it. i'm failing yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so that's interesting so you guys brought out 
three things there. Well, maybe two things. One, you mentioned, you know, fear of man, mm-hmm. right? I'm thinking sort of Bible words, you know, unbiblical fears, right? Yeah, would be yeah. sort of problem there. And then the second thing, Maddie, I don't even know if I thought about this, the kind of pridefulness right. that's in our hearts because we want to be seen as mm-hmm. someone that has the answers. Right. And then even thirdly, you didn't use this word, but maybe some sense in which I don't know. I don't know where this, where the line of kind of sin to not sin is, but like there's this sense in which you want to, to, to kind of make the most of this moment, right? I don't, I don't know what the Bible word for that is, and you're afraid that you might fail right, in that right. moment. And so all of these things, and then also the thing that we mentioned before, these are friends and family members, and right, you're gonna have to deal with them. So all of this stuff is pressing on us in these moments, right? And the I find that sometimes when I get into these conversations time seems to like go twice as fast it's like the 1.5 speed on your <laughs> podcast right it's like the, it's going so fast and your mind's going so fast and they're going so fast and all of these things fear of man and pride and wanting to see right and make the most of the moment is going through us and so yeah i think that's one of the things i personally we're starting to move towards answers here but just quickly on that note that i find to be helpful is to get myself to slow down just talk to myself internally like, all right, just slow down, Nathan. You don't have to quickly answer. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, though. So, all right, well, that's helpful. You know, just thinking about those ideas is helpful uh, in advance, right? One of the ways in which we can get better at these conversations is by knowing what's the thing that maybe goes wrong. And one of the things we've identified today is, so far, is just this notion of fear of man, pridefulness, wanting to kind of have the answers, and wanting to be seen in a certain way, which is related to fear of men. Okay. Well, have you guys had, you've had some experiences with this. One of the reasons I asked you guys to do this, any experiences, good or bad, that you would want to pass along to kind of just endear yourself to our 17 listeners? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can go first. I recently had a conversation with a friend who reached out and was like, I want to go to church with you this Sunday. I was like, okay, what? (laughs) Because this is a girl who I'd been reading the Bible with on and off every year of college. Like a week a year, it'd be like, she'd be interested again. And so she came to church with me and afterwards, her and Caitlin and I sat down and ate lunch together. And she just asked a ton of really good questions. And this is actually an example of a conversation that went well. Good. It was a little scary because it was like a lot of like hot topic questions. Mm-hmm. But in the end, we left feeling really happy about this conversation because she she reached a point where she said, I completely can see where you're coming from because she gave Caitlin and I a chance to explain why we believe what we believe. She had seen our lives before that and had been around us enough to know that we weren't coming from a place of hatred or condemnation. Even like what David was saying, or self-righteousness, like we got it. She knew that. She was convinced of that. She knew that. And she said, wow, I can, I can totally understand why you believe this. Like that makes sense to me logically. And so obviously she didn't repent and believe, which would have been the best, but it's still a win win because she, we were able to clearly explain what we believe specifically about homosexuality. And she was like, I, I can see that. And so for me, that was helpful because a lot of times I am surprised by how much my assumptions are proved wrong, Mm. especially when I'm talking to people about difficult conversations. So I would expect somebody who isn't a Christian to think immediately that I'm just somebody who hates them or somebody who's just evil and wrong and backwards. And like for her to come out and say that was just a shock. I was like, 
Wait, yeah. why, did I, why did I ever assume that? You you know me, you yeah. know that I care for people, and right. so you can see through from what I've said before, what I've done before, that it's not just me being somebody who's terrible, yeah. but somebody who's yeah. actually caring, and this is where I'm getting that from. All the more important to be loving and kind to them, right? To, right. As Jesus would right. have us, loving neighbor. Right. And not just wait for these conversations. Exactly. That, that helps. Give yes. them, that gives them ears to hear. Yeah. 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 David, any other relation or uh, conversations? Yeah. You know, I, I would say, I have two. One that comes really like top of mind, um, and and this is actually I haven't actually talked to you about this, but yeah. um, I went on vacation a couple weeks ago in North Carolina to a beach house with uh, with some with some family and and their their friends from college and stuff and. Um, and there was there was one guy there, um, and we were we were sitting in the jacuzzi, and uh, and he was and he was just kind of like, hey, like who who are you, David? Like, like you you don't seem like the rest of your family. Hmm. Um, so this guy knew knows your other family. Yeah, members. he he knows my he knows my other family. Like, and and so he. Uh, I was kind of like caught off guard. We were sitting in a jacuzzi, like <laughs> yeah. I was like not uh, prepared is, to have the, yeah. that conversation. This is relaxation time, man. But here's here's yeah. the thing, I I kind of was like, okay, I'm just gonna be straight up, and I told him like, hey, like you know, you know, my wife and I, we we love Jesus, like, um, and that's that kind of is what has shaped us and formed us, and um, and and hopefully it's it's indicative in in the ways that we like live and behave and. Um, and I didn't read it at the time, but I, th- I think he wanted to keep having a, like, keep digging into yep, that. Yeah, yeah, Um, cause Han- like Hannah and I, we kind of walked away from that. We're kind of like, should we have dug into that a little more? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. um, and yeah. a part of me was like, we're in a jacuzzi. They're all <laughs> here. No, no, no. Like, I'm not contending for the faith, man. Yeah. This is a jacuzzi. Like, Don't we get time off? Yeah. Really nice. Like, yeah. Um, and at the end of it, Hannah and I were, were kind of like, man, we missed an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. We missed an opportunity. Yep. Here's the thing, though. A yeah. day later, we're in the kitchen, and we're like, at the end of dinner, we're cleaning up. And and so he's like, hey, can you, like, can we talk a little more about, like, you know, who you are and, um, like, what you believe in? And, yeah. Um, and it just like it just shocked me, and I was like, I should be prepared for these kind kind yeah. of situation. But yeah. um, and we're in the middle of the kitchen. There's all this hustle and bustle going on, and I was just kind of like, okay, stop, yeah. slow down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was that's key. Yeah. Is like yeah. in the moment, you got to be able to tell yourself, stop, slow down. Yeah. Yeah. And literally, like in my head, I kind of like he was talking, and, yeah. and I'm you know I probably missed a couple words, but yeah. in my head, I just. Made a quick prayer of like, yeah, God, good. I need yeah. you yeah, to help good. me yeah. right now. <laughs> that's yeah. good. I need yeah. you to give me the word to speak. Yep. And like that was like all I prayed, and yeah. and um, it really helped. And and um, you know, I got to understand his background. Like he grew up in the church, fell yeah. away, and um, yeah. and it was just an opportunity to really tell him about uh, the Jesus that um, that I know and that I've learned about over the past five years at Restoration, and yeah, yeah. Um, and and he. And he kind of like, at the end of it, he was just surprised. He that was not the Jesus that he knew and understood. He got burned by the church and um, just had a really bad experience. Um, I mean, he had been a part of a church for such a long time, and when he went off to college, there were no calls, 
no like no phone calls, no nothing, like mm-hmm. no follow up, like. Yep. Um, and so I think he he was just I think this was like just a pain point for him. But yeah. um, well, I think that that experience is instructive because you thought that it was a total loss in the jacuzzi, mm-hmm. right? But you just testified to the Lord, yeah. right? You didn't have to give. Well, let me give you five reasons, right? <laughs> And let me start with creation, fall, redemption, restoration, and your response therein. All right, point number one, in the jacuzzi. No, like you just test. Sermon I have prepared. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So you can, I think one of the things we learn from that experience is, is that we don't have to be able to give all of these, you know, 15-minute sermons sitting in a jacuzzi. As Peter says, we are told to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within you. Yeah. And you you did that. So it wasn't a failure. You thought that you lost on a moment. Yeah. And so the fact that he comes back up, right, you just gave a simple, clear response that in your mind was probably not that profound. But it was helpful to him such that he would come back around and then you prayerfully work through it and have a yeah. conversation. I mean, absolutely. I think, like, the one line that I, I put in front of him that, like... I think would probably shock most people is like, I believe that the Bible is the truth. Yeah. Like it is yep. the infallible truth. It's yeah. the word of God. I believe yeah. it to the T. Yeah. And he kind of cocked his head at me and was like, for real? You believe <laughs> like you mean that stuff in Revelation with all the dudes with the eyes on yeah. it? You think that stuff's real? Well, yeah. the funny thing is, is he was like, so you believe like the burning bush in Exodus? <laughs> <laughs> and, I was, and I was really like, yeah. I was like, yeah. God? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's great. And he was like, you believe in like the long eight, like the long ages and like a Genesis. And I was like, I believe in it. Like, yeah, I believe that that's the truth. Yeah. And, um, and he just seemed appalled and shocked by that. But I kind of like, I just explained to him, like, um, at the end of the day, like, I love Jesus. I love the Bible. Like that's, that's where my authority is based on. And yeah. that's kind of where I work off of everything in, in my life. And, and I'm not good at it. I'm not perfect at it. And this sure. is the point where I, I made to him. I was like, yeah. Let's yeah. be let's be yeah, clear. Yeah. I'm not yeah. good at following this. I'm yeah. still broken. Amen. Um, Which we talked about that earlier. That's so important. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The so there, there's something that I think is important to to talk about there just briefly to, and, and that is to embrace the weirdness of following <laughs> oh, Jesus. Right. Yeah. Stop, don't like we do so hard. My sub man. I'm so guilty of this. Like I want to try to fit in, mm-hmm. kind of use the words of the people I know that they would like in that conversation. And when they say stuff, I try to, you know, that might be controversial. I might try to back it off a little bit just to be appealing. But there comes a point when we need to embrace the awkwardness of what we believe, right? Jesus said, eat of my flesh. And it freaked people out in John 6. And they're like, this dude's weird. And out he went, out they all went, most of them anyway. And so embrace the awkwardness. Well, all right, two things you said there. Maddie, you talked about this notion of just constantly building up with conversations with people. Mm-hmm. You invite them to church. They come yeah. intermittently, right. right? That's really kind of the one maybe we think about. They ask the straightforward question, here yep. it comes. David, you've built up a relationship with this person in, a, in times past, and it comes at a time when you don't expect it, right? It's not after church when you just listen to a sermon. So I think both of those things instruct us that, again, as Peter tells us, we need to be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. And in either way, we've, as we've said all along, we don't have to have all the answers. We need to embrace the awkwardness and appeal to the things that we know and are foundational, uh, are foundational to us in our faith. Okay, so we've talked about the kind of sins, like the struggles that we have in these broadly. You've given us a couple examples. Uh, so let's finish off this podcast by 
um, talking about this training that we went through, DABIC. So this is my little acronym. It doesn't make any sense, D-A-B-A-C. But when I go into these conversations, this is what I found to be helpful for me. Defining the terms, what is love? Don't just say, Nathan, we need to love everybody. Well, yes, but what do you mean by love? Sources of authority. So what are they using as their source of authority? David, you did a good job. You made your authority clear. The Bible is my authority. Jesus is my authority and his word is my authority. Uh, And then third, what does the Bible then say? Right? That's an easy one we probably think of. But one of the next ones we don't think about is we don't know what the Bible says and we're kind of embarrassed by it. Well, then the gospel helps us. What does the atonement say? So often. I have found this to be the case. When if I, if I think, all right, the center of the Bible is the gospel. It's what Jesus said. There's got to be something about the gospel that I can speak into. What does that say? What does the atonement say? And then finally, that's the A. And then the final C, what do Christians say? So briefly, Maddie, I'm going to come to you. Mm-hmm. When you think through those three, what were those, of those, what was most helpful to you and why? Yeah, I think for me, in conversations I've had, the first one has been the most helpful, defining terms. Especially because I think in general in the college student body, a lot of these Bible words are like hot topic. Like yeah. you don't say sin, right. you know? Yes. And so everybody in their head has a different idea of what sin actually is. Yeah. And so a lot of college students are like, oh, you just like don't want me to have fun. Yes. It's like, oh, wait, wait, yeah. that's not, that's all that's that not what against. it means. We're yeah. not for, we're against Exactly, them. exactly. And so in these conversations, it's like, well, first of all, who is God? Yes. Like, that's why your sermon was so helpful right. this morning of yeah. like walking through this is who God reveals himself yeah. to be yeah. so if you don't understand that we can't move any further so, because yeah. the God you may think God yeah. is who's maybe very quick to anger yeah. who's just full of wrath yeah. is just not the God that we believe in right. so yeah, yeah to understand who God is yeah. what sin is what grace is all of these words that people yeah. have their own internal definition yeah. of just what might not be what I'm seeing it as, may not be what they're seeing it as. And in order to have a productive conversation and to use these words or other words, you have to understand what you're talking about. Otherwise, they could just leave the conversation and just not get anything of what you were saying. You're making so much assumptions, right? About, well, they know that I'm talking about this God. When actually, yeah, yeah, and you may not even believe in that God that they're thinking. So defining it makes it helpful. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's really good. Yeah, I I think going along that, like, a typical response that I've gotten from people who have grown up in the church but are no longer a part of the church is that's not the Jesus that I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden now, like, it's really important that defining those terms are made clear because yeah, right. if they're not, yeah. then you're going to be moving off of the basis of a, of a false Jesus that's, yes. right. you know. Which we don't want to offend, we, to defend. Right, we don't want to defend right, that. Right, right. Yeah. Um, we don't want to contend for that. We don't want to contend for that. That's right. Yeah. I don't, I'm not interested in that faith. Yeah, good. So that's helpful. So defining terms. Yeah, I have found that to be one of the most helpful things. And that helps slow down. And I ask the question, and I need to be prepared to have a few basic things, which today I do think what you said, God, who is God? What is love? What is the gospel? Right? We got to have some basic definitions ourselves. But asking that when they say X, Y, Z, God, asking them, well, what do you mean by that? Okay, David, what about you? Um, I think just going along kind of the anecdote that I had, the source of authority, I think, is is what kind of pops out to me as, as being kind of significant to the conversation, just because... Um, if you don't, if you don't have, if you don't agree on the source of authority, you, it's really difficult to move forward in that conversation. Yep. yep. Um, and uh, if they, if they can't get on the same page with you with the source of authority, 
basically for me, that's just an indication of, okay, well, let's just go to the gospel then. Yeah. Um, let me tell you what I believe in and, and why I believe it, as opposed to talking about why homosexuality is sinful or, right. um, yeah. Yeah. And because and, and, they're operating out of two different right. separate sources of authority, you don't you don't go anywhere if if you're if you're operating off of two different places, right? Yeah. If if I'm standing on the Bible and they're standing on culture, mm-hmm. there you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's helpful just to make that clear to them. I mean, sure. it's loving to them. Yeah, it's helpful for you. Um, and and I think like just with the source of authority, it's going to get weird. Yes. Like yeah. when you yeah. like yes, like we is. said like when when you say the Bible is yeah. the truth. Yeah. Uh, it gets funky. Yes, um, yes it does. And, uh, and I think just knowing and, and, and just understanding that, it's going to make it so much easier to say the words, I believe in the Bible. Yes. Like, yes. like yeah. when the words yeah. came out of my mouth in that moment, I was like, I guess I do. Am yeah. I going to have yeah. to walk this back <laughs> yeah. or a little bit? Or it's like, yeah. no, I'm not walking this back. Yeah. Like this is my conviction. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. This yeah. is my conviction. So. Um, Matt Chandler has this great line, by the way, in a sermon where he says, like, yeah, I believe the Bible. I believe the Bible. Like, you know, Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead. Like, and he's coming back on a horse that's tattooed up and he's going to take over the world. Like, you want to get in on this? That's what I believe. Right? Just embrace it, man. Come on. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Um, Anything else you want to add there, David? Yeah. And, and, and I think, like, if you if you can't get past the first three of Dayback, mm-hmm. like, it's okay because at that point, it's just a gospel teaching yep. opportunity. Right. Amen. Don't don't freak out Amen. that you guys can't get on the same page. Yep. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is tell them what you believe in. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think like that's ultimately like like how I ended my conversation. Like I just said, this is what I believe in. Like let me give you some resources to help kind of kind of walk you through. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, my convictions. Yeah. So. so, and I think that's, and what you said there at the end is helpful too, is we don't, and we kind of talked about this already, but like, we don't have to have all of the conversation all of the time in every time it comes up. Uh, and so, but I do think we need to have some basic pieces that we're prepared to discuss. And so, yeah, those two defining terms, what is their source of authority? Just most people have never given five minutes to think about what their source of authority is. I had a very impactful conversation with a friend of mine that's not a Christian. And I think it was most revealing to him to reveal, you know, that he was uh, what I would call a relativist, you know, that he kind of think that there's no, there was no truth at all. And so that I think was instructive for our relationship because I helped him see like, bro, one of the ways, one of the reasons you and I don't disagree is not because it's just what you think it is, it's just the Bible, but you have this operating system that basically people can believe whatever they want to believe. And so that, it's not even so much Jesus, just that I can't get on. And so that just helps the conversation and Lord willing, we pray that it'll come up and we can have more conversations. And so let me finish with this. We've gone a little bit long here, but I'm going to finish with this. Um, The thing that has been most helpful to me, well, all of these have been helpful to me, but I do think coming back to that notion, as I said before, if it's true that Jesus said that the Bible was about me and the center of his work is the cross and the resurrection, there's always something that you can think about uh, and know that it's going to be answered in some capacity towards the gospel or the atonement, as I call it. And so uh, you guys, listeners, take the time to think through these things. So think about what what kind of sinful issues are maybe that are causing you to have so much trouble and the difficulty, kind of laboring at those, uh, asking for prayer in those. Secondly, you know, get together like we've done today. Talk about some experiences in the life of the church that people have had, good and bad. Learn from those. 
And then thirdly, I think this tool is helpful, this Dabbit training, uh, defining terms, source of authority, what does the Bible say, what does the atonement say, and what have Christians said for the last 2,000 years? It's not perfect, it's made by man, as it were, but I do find it to be helpful in these conversations. But at the end of the day, right, what we want to do is we, as you said, David, so well, we love Jesus. We want people to know Jesus, to love Jesus, to find the restoration of Jesus. And so as a result, we do contend for the faith. Once for all, handed down to the saints. So guys, thank you for this conversation. It was helpful, instructive for those listeners uh, that are listening in. Go and talk to Maddie and go talk to David and ask them more questions and talk to your other friends. Have other conversations like we're having here so that we can all grow in making disciples that delight in the supremacy of Christ. Restoration Church, I love you. I thank God for you, Maddie. David, I love you too. Thank God for you. Let's get to work.